Shlubet, and we're going to continue with Hashem with the next Chalik, the next section of this Maimah and Chinuch. For those who haven't been here before, I'm just going to repeat that which I've been saying all along, that the point here, there's not a Hashkafish here, and <coughs> this is not any methodology in Chinuch. It's for the simple purpose of his Chazkas, Chizik for parents, for teachers, for grandparents, in this Malachas Hashem and Malachas HaKadosh. That's the entire purpose of this discussion. So, what we were talking about last week at the end was the danger of the danger of viewing Chinuch as uh, parenting and teaching, as something which is a B'de'evid. Something which is a B'de'evid meaning, <coughs> well, in the example of a teacher, well, I, I really don't plan on staying in Chinuch much longer. Uh, th- this student really didn't belong in this class. He had all types of protexia to get here. I'm hoping to give a higher share. Therefore, it's merely it's merely a, a, a coincidence or a b'deavid that this child happened to end up here. And as a result of that, the mechanach, the teacher, and we spoke about examples of how it could even be with a parent. The 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 uh, the attitude of the parent or the mechanach could very easily be that this is all a b'deavid. This is something that is not really an ideal situation. There's not really what the Kodesh Baruch Hu, uh, wants of me. And that, and that would affect the person's, the mechanic or the parent's entire attitude towards the child during that time. So let's just look at the end on page Yud. The last two little paragraphs on page Yud, those that don't have, if you could share. Let's try to move uh, quickly. I mean, you didn't realize the summer's... I don't remind anybody, but it looks like it's ending. Not yet. Okay, the the last two paragraphs on page Yud. Very often a parent thinks, or a teacher, that if this child would have had a better mouth, a lot of parents have told me, I feel so bad for my child. And I said, why? Because I'm his parent. I feel so bad because if he'd have a different parent, it would be much better for him. Or I feel so bad because if this child would have had the to be in this town, in this, in this yeshiva, in this, in this school, the child would have had a much better opportunity to grow. All of that creates a mindset that this is that I'm my child is in a situation of a bedavid. That it's not a lachamchil. This is not really the best. This is not the best situation. What can you have no choice? Right? Sometimes you wanted to get the child. Want, you wanted the child to be in a certain school. I don't know if I'm going to bring up the subject of this, uh, of this whole scandalous business of how things work with seminars. You all are familiar with this. So sometimes you have a Yitzhabrochen that you, your daughter was planning on being in a certain seminar, a seminary. Your daughter is planning on being in a certain seminary. And, you were, uh, and, and you're wondering, you know, this is going to be a problem. You began to, you began to feel some pain knowing that there are around 5,000 applicants and there were like 60 spots. And your daughter... Your daughter, all the years, you were very proud of her. She was a 90 student. And she was a good girl. And she's a sneezedic, fine Jewish girl. But, but still, you, t- you, know, you realize that this is, the competition is fierce, especially if you're up against people that have protected you. You're in big trouble. So then you, your child ends up someplace else. Let's say it didn't work out. You make ishtadlis. You do what you can. You make proper phone calls. You, get, you, know, you do what you can. But Lemaise, your, your daughter ends up in a certain seminary. Well, she ends up staying. She ends up staying in home. She ends up staying in New York, right? So that could create this feeling, and, and it will be certainly it'll be transmitted to the child. That's for sure. That this is a terrible bedevet. This is a terrible tragedy, and it affects the entire attitude about where that child is going to be the following year. What he's saying is that if you made your establish, and it turns out that your child ended up in this seminary or in this place. That means that's what the Barishla wants the child to be. And for whatever reason, <clears throat> the best that could be for that child is going to be in that place, as odd as it might seem to you, because you're thinking, no, my child really would have blossomed in that other seminary and not where she is. <clears throat> but, but he's saying that that will affect the person to feel that this entire matter is only bedevit. I don't really want it. Could you understand the different attitude that a child is going to have when she's in a class sitting in a place where she would rather not be knowing that her parents are upset and, and 
Therefore, we have to make a hishtadlus, but at the same time, to inculcate this emunah into our children, that we say, sweetheart, we did what we could, we made the hishtadlus, you're a terrific girl, and obviously the Baruch wants you to be in this place for this time. <coughs> Not just it's rahmanis, it's rahmanis, and they don't know what they're missing, and so on. So, Avalavad the the end of page Yud, Avalavad Hussainu, he told me, supposed to be Lushanein Velachkaik Bilibainu. We should continuously review this within our hearts. Sha'ain Bidavid. There is no such thing as a Bidavid. By the way, that's not only when it comes to our children, it's with us as well. You make your establish, you did what you could, and then you are someplace, you're in a certain situation. Don't look at that as being a Bidavid, that I that this is not where I'm supposed to be. Once you make your established, that means that this is where you're supposed to be. And therefore he explains, This is the L'Chadchila. It might be by you, but it's the Rebbeinu's L'Chadchila. And he wins. So it's his L'Chadchila. And therefore, if it's a L'Chadchila, you go into that situation with a positive attitude. And you do what you can do. If you see a child that there's a certain difficulty, there's a certain darkness by a child, a chashkas, a darkness. So then you have to know that he That it doesn't mean that the child is lost in this darkness and stuck and there's nothing you can do. It means that the Rebbein Shalom is preparing the child for something else, for something great. He uses an interesting Russian, Zeichim Lavor. Any Nisayan, any test that you and I are zeichet to go through. We don't usually think of that as a schus. Why? We don't think of a nisayon as a schus. I mean, and we dive every morning, about to be any lowly day, nisayon. We don't want nisayon because we're afraid. We don't want nisayon because we're afraid we'll fail, God forbid. But what he's saying is that truthfully, if you are in that nisayon, you dive into whatever it is that the Rebbeinu was putting you through a certain time, and you go through a certain nisayon, whether it's with a child, whether it's with Parnassah, whatever that nisayon is, he says, self calls self, it's a schus to go through that Nisayan. We don't feel that, but it's a schus because it's only, it's only, it only means that Kodesh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in a way that is impossible to understand. I spoke about this a lot the last two Shabbos, especially last Shabbos, in a way that, it's, in a way that we can't understand the Baruch Shalom is preparing me for something greater. And if that's the case, instead of going into the situation, being in the situation, feeling that I'm losing, and that I'm a lost, uh, this is a lost cause, where the person gives up hope, instead, he should look at it as an opportunity to grow. Any child that goes through some difficulty, whatever type of difficulty that child has to go through, this is somehow, in some way, you might not see it for 30 years. You might not ever see it. You might already be 120. You might be in the world of truth already. But somehow, the difficulties that that child is going through, you work with the child, you do whatever you can. But those difficulties are somehow preparing him or her for tavis atsumos, for wondrous tavis, avuro, for the child, the avuri. When a child is going through a difficulty, it's also to make the parent. It's also a sign for the parent. Sometimes it's a much greater sign for the parent because the parent feels more of the pain, more of the pain than the child. But that's also somehow avuri. In other words, when somebody that you love is going through a difficulty, so that's also your Nisayan. And that somehow all those, are all, all those who are affected by that Nisayan are, are also part of a Baruch Hu's amazing Cheshben to bring this entire group, whether it's a family, a Chevra, to bring them somehow to something greater, which you might not see for many years. Whoever has a Shaykhist to that child, be it a parent, be it a teacher, Whoever is a shaykhist, the sisters or the brothers. And I've seen, we should never know from any difficulties at Cyrus, but I've seen families where there are difficulties with a child, and the children, the brothers or the sisters of that child, grow up in a way where there's a certain sensitivity and a certain understanding that you would not see in a different family. That doesn't mean that one has to suffer for the sake of the others, God forbid. But it's all part of the Rebbein Shalom's bringing something out of these people who are connected to that child, to that family, that otherwise would not happen. Therefore, you make your established, but don't say, this is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible, there's nothing I can do about it, this is all a bit of it. No, it's a l'chadchila, shul b'lechadchila.
And you have to look at it in that way. Let's continue. On Yad Aleph. Yadu me'at sanzerov. Nadevichayim. Me'achof etzchayim. Me'harbe tzadikim z'chusim agelim. Shekol ma'asho anuroyim ba'olam hazeh. That everything that you and I see in this world, hakol rak moshul avoreinu l'islamid mizeh, l'asiyas ritzayin Hashem izbarach. This is a fundamental principle of the teachings of the Baal Shem HaKadosh and his students. For every single thing that I see in, in this world, if there's, there's a reason why I was in this place at that time. Because everything in the world, everything in existence is a marshal. Now we have a Sefer Mishlei, or this morning some of you might have been we were talking about Shir Hashirim. Where everything in the book Shir Hashirim is a marshal. It's telling you something else. It has a nimshal. It's teaching you something. All of life is a mushroom. And everything, therefore, that you and I, everything that we experience in life, whoever we meet, <coughs> there's a nimshal in that experience, there's a lesson, there's something there that we have to understand, that we have to try to learn from that experience, from that person, and so on. That's why we say in the davening, Moloha Aritz Kinyanecha. Reb Sadiq explained that the meaning of Malharitz Kinyanecha is that the world is filled with means of my acquiring you, Hashem. Kinyanecha, the world is filled, not with Hashem's things, that's the simple pshat. But Malharitz Kinyanecha means that every opportunity in life, everything in life, everywhere I go, everything I see, is somehow a means of being kinder, of acquiring Hashem Isbarach, of getting closer to Hashem, of, getting, of becoming more the person that I need to become. Therefore, he says, let's learn a mushroom. If there's a child where the family can no longer take care of that child, they simply cannot deal with that child. And he puts in parentheses here, it's just very sweet. Hashem is that Hashem should help us that we should be able to bring up our children around our homes in the right way. But let's say, God forbid, let's say, God forbid, there, there's, a, there's a family that, for whatever reason, there's a certain stress, there's a difficulty, and they cannot bring up this child. And therefore, a family must be found to adopt the child, to take care of the child. As I say the Hadvar, the procedure is Shakashayesh Mishpacha Shiraitsim La Amit Atslam Bevesam Yelmi Mishpacha Acharis that when one family is going to adopt either permanently or as a foster child, is going to take a child into the home, as I am skukim lav or say the sholem shabhinais mitzadamim shola. You have to pass in Israel. And here too there is a different procedure, but you must pass a, a, an entire test. You have to have long talks with social workers. It doesn't mean a written test, but you have to be you have to be very carefully examined by professionals to determine whether or not the environment of your home and your capabilities as a parent are sufficient to take that child in. Can they take a child into the house? We have now in the shul a family that just took this past week two little children into the home, foster children, two children, and they would and, and we discussed at length the very the very rigorous examinations and discussions that were taking place with Ohel regarding their qualifications as parents <coughs> to take in these little children. <laughs> And not only that, after the children have been taken, have been adopted, there, 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 will be, there should be a very careful follow-up to see to it that things are going well. And the social worker will come and visit, and so on, on a regular basis. They're very careful to, do, to, to investigate what type of a home, what's going on in this house. They want to know about their past. Anything that in any way, directly or indirectly, could affect the life of this foster child or this adopted child. And they're worried about any possible 
any possible problem in that home that could, dis- that could disrupt the upbringing of this child who needs a lot of attention. Bain imhu'ayya ba'avar, whether it was a matter that was in the past, bain ba'asid, or something, something that they might be concerned with in the future. Bain mitzara kaychish shalahem, the kaychis of the parents, the adopting parents, bain mitzara kishreinish shalahem, ashi yeborah shahanoshim ha'ilu mukshorim lahavi yelid obeysam, until it's clear to the social workers that a child can be brought into this house. And that's a very difficult test to pass. So what's the marshal? What's the marshal? So listen carefully. The Sadiq says that we should take into our hearts this wonderful, powerful hargasha, this holy feeling. What? As I call He's saying the marshal is that if that if you adopt somebody, that that until they agree to give you that child, you have to go through a thousand tests. And every single detail of your past, of your present, and even, and even speculation regarding your future is checked a thousand times. And the files and files and tests and studies are made. And then finally you could pass the test and you're amazed. And they'll say, okay, we entrust you with this nisham. No, you understand already. What's the, what's the uh, nimshal? So what do you think the Rebbein doesn't have files? You think the Rebbein didn't look into each and every one of us? Elif Alfa Elafim, how many a billion times more? No social worker could ever, ever investigate any human being like the master of the universe. Right? So that means that the Rebbe he says, Nasis You could actually, when you have a baby, when you give birth to that baby, you can come home and you can get a certificate. Not a birth certificate, that they give you. A certificate from the Rebbe that he's masking that you should have that child. And you can have all these chashboinists, I don't know, I didn't expect a child, I don't know how it happened, such a thing, I wasn't ready for this, this is, I don't have the koiches, I'm too old, I, 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 it didn't work out with my, with my other two children, I didn't bring them up in a good way, Khalila. When you have a child, it's not a bit it has nothing to do with anything but the Rodson Hashem is birth. But that nisham was waiting for a long time, and when that nishama comes into your life, it comes with a certificate, with instructions, with everything. That the Baruch Shalom ran you through a very complicated series of examinations. Mostly haskama, and you have a haskama for the Baruch Shalom. Shani roish yeli shaykes and nishamas kedoshes elu b'meshach tkufazu. That during the course of my life, or if it's a teacher, if it's a rabbi or a teacher. That for the duration of this class, for this period of time this year, <clears throat> that if the Rebbein Shalom sent me this student, it's not because he couldn't get into the other yeshiva, or because there are too many kids in, 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 in the Aleph class, so they put him into the base class. But those are all chitzonistic things. To believe in those, as, to believe in all of those externalities is kfira. It's heresy. You're, you have to know that if that child is here, that means that the Bereshulim wanted him here with you. And that's a lechatchila, sheba lechatchila. And it comes with the Bereshulim's haskama, that only you, only you, have the ability, after the Bereshulim has gone through all of his files, every other human being in the world, but, but it's not just every other human being in this generation. You understand? Think, let's, let's try to think of this in a deeper way. Until that neshama came to you, that neshama could have come a thousand years ago. That neshama could have come two thousand years ago. That neshama could come in a thousand years. So it's not just you're thinking, well, maybe the Baruch thought that I was okay as compared to the ladies on my block. No, that's not it. That's not even compared to the ladies in my lifetime. To all of the mothers through all of history, who any Jewish mother that was, is, or will be, the Baruch went through all of the files and said, you are the one. You're chosen. That's a bedevit. If you think of that, he says that's that's he says that can create within you a hargosha kedoshivaniflor, a holy and spectacular feeling of attachment to your child, and a sense of achrayis. Not only that, empowerment that you could do it because the Beis chose you. It wasn't a bedevit. The Beis said, "All right, better have a kid." Chas 
the next column. And not only has the Bereshlam given me this haskama, this approbation, this consent form that he signed, that this, that I'm the parent, I'm the teacher for this kid. As we learned a few weeks ago, that the Bereshlam has appointed me as his shliach, and we learned that according to halacha, the principle in halacha is shlucha yishaladim kemaisai, that when you are appointed as a shliach, it means that you have halachically the power of the one who is sending you, you have the kayach of the mishalayach, that means that a parent has, on some level, infinite kayachas, infinite kayachas, to deal with a child, to deal with children. <coughs> that I should be busy to take care of these neshamas. Not only has Hashem consented that I be the shliach, that, that I be the messenger to take care of the child, that the Bereshim has chosen me to call Klai Yisrael, that I was chosen from amongst all of Klai Yisrael, and there was a special Bechir that was made, a choice. That only I am fitting for this job. I'm qualified. Now you think of yourself as being the most unqualified parent in the world. We all think that on a, on a difficult day. We think that we're the most unqualified people in the world. Unqualified is not true. We have the qualifications. We just don't believe in them. And we look at our situation as being a terrible bidev. It's just, there's not the way it's supposed to be. And you lose your cheshek, and you lose your simcha, and you lose your belief in the Bereshlam's belief in you, and trust in you that you could fulfill this, this job. That means, and here I just want to take five minutes to make an extension of this point that the tzaddik is making. I mean, this means that everybody else failed that test. If you like to think of it in that way, that everybody else has failed. That the Barishal went through every Jew that has ever lived and will live and is right now, and, and, and that neshama, and the Bereshwam looked to make a shidduch and said, no. Went to the next one, no. Went to the next one, no. And all the different tests. Hashem Yishbach knows everything about your past, your present, and your future. Everything. And the Bereshwam comes to you, and the Bereshwam goes through everything, and says, it's your lucky day. Right? You're the one. You've been chosen. <coughs> now, you, you have to know this. You have to feel this. But it's not enough that you realize this. But your kids also have to feel this. That you feel this way about them. That you feel this way. I'm not talking about in the secular world where I've had people by the truth have told me before that they remember their parents telling them over and over and over, you should know you were just a mistake. Can you imagine living through life that way? You were, you were not at all a lechatchila. You were a big bedehavid. It was a mistake. You were a mistake and therefore everything about you is aggravating, it is annoying because this wasn't supposed to be. Instead, I was supposed to be a club med. And I'm here with you doing your homework. This is all a big mistake, right? Sometimes even Jewish children in religious homes get a feeling like that. It would never be said by a religious person, God forbid, in an overt way, I've never heard of such a thing, that a Jewish person should say, should talk that way. But in a very subtle way, a child can feel that the pa parents say, use terms of yeyush, of despair, and speak in such a way, over the years the children get the message that they're not a lechatchila, that they're a big bedavid, and they're cutting into their parents' lives, they're cutting away their parents' lives, and, and the children feel that they feel not that they're a mistake, since they're maminim, but they feel that their parents don't see their lives as being a lechatchila part of who they are. And that's a very dangerous thing, and it has that attitude can have a horrible impact upon a child's amuna as well. Because a child begins to feel that the Rebbein is not part of this entire formula. Let me explain what I mean. I spoke a little bit about, I mean this morning I spoke about Arichas, but 
The Gemara in Brachas says that uh, when a child begins to speak, the first words that a child is able to say are Abba and Ima, or whatever variation of that, Mommy, Daddy, you know, Tati, whatever it is. But the first thing that a child is able to say is father and mother, Abba and Ima. <clears throat> That's the beginning of the Tfisa, which I spoke about this morning. That's the beginning of the Tfisa of a child, of his awareness that I am in this world because of Abba and Ima. I exist because of mommy and daddy. That's the beginning of the Tfisa. And that's why I spoke about this morning, that they, that they understand they have a shaykhist to mommy and daddy, and, they, and, they, and that translates itself into a love, into a connection. Because their first tfisa, the first thing they say is Abba and Ima, because they understand that they're alive only because of these people somehow. That's what they understand. They don't understand anything in biology, but they know that this is why they're in the world, is because of mommy and daddy. And from that moment that the child has that tfisa, that awareness, which is very early in life, the parents must bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu into that, into that um, family circle. From the very beginning. Even though this morning I spoke about it as being at the top of the ladder. But what I'm explaining now you'll understand on the most basic level is that <clears throat> if a child understands that the Rebbein Shalom wanted my parents to have me, the Rebbein Shalom is the Rebbein is the mashpia. In other words, they see their parents as being mashpia. And the children understand. Mommy feeds me. Daddy goes to work. <clears throat> we have this. We have this world where my parents are giving to me and are taking care of me. And that's called a fatherly and a motherly instinct that is developed and a feeling that the child has. That uh, I have my father. I have my mother. It's very important that parents from the earliest time, but it's never, it's never too late, bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu into that. And the, what I mean by that is that the parents are constantly, constantly repeating this, that you should know that the Rabbani is, the, as the Gemara says, is the, is the Shutuf, is a partner in all of this, and therefore the Rabbani Shalom is the one Who's my shpia? It's only because of Hakadosh Baruch Hu that Daddy can make a panosa and that Mommy is able to take care of you. That the Bereshlam, this feeling that the Bereshlam is also a father, that the Bereshlam is also a mother, that the Bereshlam is masked into this whole project. He's part of this project. He's involved in this project, and therefore, <coughs> Kindleach, we're only able to do things for you. Only, only if it's according to the Bereshlam says it's okay. What we're supposed to do for you. Therefore, you could say, sweetheart, you, you would like to go to this place. You would like maybe to read a certain type of a book. But the Baruch Shalom told us in Shulchan Aruch, he told us through the Tzaddikim, he told us through his Nevi'im, that as your father and as our father, he's not masking to that way. He doesn't give his shtemple, he doesn't give his approval, he doesn't give his askama to that. And when this is reviewed over and over and over again, a child begins to develop an emunah, not only in his parents, as those who are shlichim, but he begins to feel a connection to the one who sent them, to the mishalech, because the parents are constantly reminding him that kindlech, are reminding the children, kindlech, we're shluchim. The Baruch Shalom is, is mashpiat, the Baruch Shalom is in charge, the Baruch Shalom is, is directing our lives. And the child sees that daddy loves me. And if the one who sent daddy then, then the one who sent that, he's, he's good too. Mommy loves me, and mommy takes care of me. And mommy tells me all the time that it's only the Baruch that helps me take care of you, sweetheart. It's the Baruch who sent me to take care of you. Then, then the child's amunah is strengthened. Let me show this to you from a famous teaching of Chazal. The Medrash says, regarding the, the first time that Meshua Abenu heard from Hashem, by the snap, by the, by the bush that was on fire. So the Medrash says, that when Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu the first time, when he said Moshe, Moshe the first time, it sounded like his father. That was Hashem was impersonating Amram. Hashem could do that, you know. So Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe, 
And he spoke to him in his father, in Amram's voice, in his father's voice. And the Medris says, Amram Haisha, Bo'avim Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu was so excited. He said, my father's, my father, my father came from Mitzrayim. My father's here. Amalai, so Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm not your father. I'm the God of your father. I'm the God of your father. Same thing when it came to Shmuel Hanavi. <clears throat> this is for teachers. With Shmuel Hanavi, Chazal tell us that when Hashem first spoke to Shmuel that mysterious night, right, when he kept on hearing the voice, he was getting out of bed, when Hashem's Baruch spoke to Shmuel, you know who did Shmuel hear? Whose voice was it? It was Eli Cohen. He heard Eli's voice. It's the same concept because that's with the Rebbe. That's with the teacher. Because everything we're saying about parents is the same with the Rebbe, with the Moor, with the teacher. So here we have an example that when the Rebbe Shalom, when, when, when Moshe, when he hears the Rebbe Shalom, it's, it's his father's voice. When Shmuel hears Hashem, it's his Rebbe's, it's his Rebbe's voice. And what are Chazal telling us? Aside from the fact that I believe in that a million percent that that's what happened. So what's, what's Hashem teaching us? Why did Hashem do that? Why did Hashem first address Moshe Rabbeinu in the voice of Amram and Shmuel Anavi in the voice of his Rebbe in the voice of Eli HaKohen to teach us the only way that a child's emunah can thrive and understand this well because we're living in difficult times the only way that a child's emunah can be healthy and strong is if he sees Hashem as a father if he hears Hashem's voice in his mother's voice. If in his eyes, in his mind, in his little heart, those three are equated, father, mother, and the Shalom, or the Rebbe, same idea. Also, connected with the Rebbe. If he hears his softness in his mother's voice and knows that that softness is coming from the one who sent her, the one who was masking, the one who made this whole arrangement, and therefore he feels a softness in Hashem as well. He's disciplined also. A child has to be disciplined. <clears throat> but the same way, you know, there are many, many people who, who are somehow able to believe that even though my parents love me, but the Baruch Shalom hates me. Something is wrong. There's something wrong. That the Baruch Shalom was not brought into that circle of warmth and affection is a pagam, is a blemish it will affect ultimately the amunah of that child later on in life. As the Bereshim has to, this haskam of Hashem that we're learning about tonight, the one who's the Meshalech, who sent the parents, it's not just that he sent them and then go ahead, take care of your kids. The Meshalech has to be there in your house with you all the time. And the children have to feel that. That's something that the older generations, they were much better than us with that. Uh, there's somebody in my shul who I really love very much, this man, Yes, like David. Maybe he'll hear this will be embarrassed. But he's, a, he's such a tzaddik, this year. So Yosef David always tells me, he had, he had very, this Jew is a, he's a very special Jew. And uh, really special. And, and from the time that, that we first met him, he always talks about his parents, who are no longer in this, in this world, but he always talks about his parents. And what he loves to tell me about his father and his mother is how is the relationship that they had with Hashem and how every single word that the parents said they would say oh the Helig of the Helig of it loves you so much and the Helig of is helping me to get you dressed this morning sweetheart no it's a certain Lashen right that Mama Lashen Mama meaning Melech Malcha Hemloch right that's what stands for Mama Melech Malcha Hemloch is that Lashen with that sweetness I've seen the Rebbein Shalom as a, as, as a mother, as a father. But for the rest of their lives, these Jews are able to hear the Rebbein Shalom talk in that way. Instead of, the, instead of hearing the Rebbein Shalom as some, someone that's yelling about you that you didn't finish your homework, right? Yelling at you, you didn't finish your homework. Or you, you're going to fail the Tanakh test if you don't do this, if you don't chaz with it 10,000 times. Which is some of, or, or, or uh, is that your elbow, Sarah, that's showing? You know? And to always hear Hashem, because they've always heard, if you always hear your teacher, all the teacher ever says is your elbow is showing, then they hear the Baruch Shalom saying, your elbow is showing. 
And that's all Rabbi Rosham saying. That's uh, we don't, your elbow is showing. That that that's not a proper. Uh, you know, your hairdo is off. Your uh, your headband is uh, goyish, right? Whatever it is, I'm not even the other. <clears throat> so a person that a person that's trained to hear that shouldn't grow up hearing that from from teachers, from rebellion. Shouldn't grow up hearing that from teachers. They associate with that the one who sent the teacher. He also looks at me as a as some horribly immodest. Tenstrous, like some like these little girls, you know, that I'm going to de- I'm going out into the world to mislead all the men and to defile all men by the way that I look. And a lot of times, you know, and I had, I had a hard time this because because of the way that we grew up in yeshivas. So I had this hushkaf, you know, and my wife used to talk to me about that. So we had this argument. I remember years ago we had this discussion. It wasn't an argument; it was a discussion. We had this discussion where I felt. When I, when I saw, when I would see a firm, a firm woman that would go out and properly dressed, you know, it was mind-boggling to me. A person went to yeshiva, a person like this, and how could it be? And, and my wife was always telling me, and years ago we discussed this, that, that she's not thinking of being rebellious. She's not trying to defy God. She's probably comfortable that way. Or she wants to be stylish. And maybe she has a little bit something with self-esteem and she wants to look a certain way. You know, I saw this as like some horrible rebellion. Because really, this is the way that we were brought up thinking. That the women that do that are, are, like, is the, are the embodiment of the snake from Ganeiden. Those, those horrible women, right? So that, that and, and what happens to the women who grow up thinking that they're like that? No, so if especially, especially the ones who think the whole reason I'm covering my head, covering the head is a very big parasha. It's a terrible nisayin, especially for women who didn't grow up in a home where, where the mother was covering the hair, or they didn't grow up with friends like that. And, I, and I've seen this, the nisayinists, we have a lot of the women that are trying to, 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 uh, to work in that way, in, in that direction, and they believe in halacha, but they have a hard time. And one of the things that they grow up thinking very often is, the reason, the only reason that I have to cover my hair is because I have to worry about it. that there's some chanyak or some jerk on the street that my hair is going to get him interested. <laughs> my hair, <clears throat> with all of its split ends and oil problems, is going to, is going to cause this... What, what's in my business? I have to worry about this guy? Let him go with me, just a shaman or something. What do I have to worry? I, therefore, I have to wear this... I have to go around my whole life with this shmat on my head? Because of him? That very shallow, superficial understanding of what it means becomes, it's, it might, it's something which we can laugh about, but it gets very dangerous if a woman thinks that that's what Hashem thinks. And if you go years and years of hearing teachers talk this way, or if parents speak this way, you begin to think that, that I guess that's what the Baruch Shalom holds. That's very dangerous. Why would anybody want to cover the hair? Under those circumstances, why would anybody truly want to do that? Why would anybody be interested in any of this? If all it is is this horrible, this horrible thing that I'm supposed to be this dangerous creature that's enticing men, and therefore I have to, I have to, I have to go through this uncomfortable thing. The whole hashkaf is dangerous, and uh, 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 that superficial way of seeing things. And if children hear that over and over from teachers, over and over. They associate with that with the Rosham because they think that the teacher is only mouthing what Hashem's will. Because the natural instinct of a trusting child is, is that the teacher, the Rebbe, is saying what Hashem's saying, right? Every child thinks that. And every child thinks the parents are saying what Hashem, what Hashem wants. But what if they're not? What if the parents aren't? Then most kids grow up thinking of an angry God, of an angry, vengeful God whose entire concern is about the length of their sleeves. Not, not to minimize the importance of halacha. I, 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 I insist on all these things being kept. But that's it. That's the Baruch Shalom. And if they don't learn the Svar Makadashim, they don't learn deeper things in Torah, they don't see, they can grow up their whole life thinking of Hashem in such a way. And they don't hear the same way that we might have heard, oh, I wasn't zaychet to have grandparents. But even, by the way, even my, my father, my mother, the way that they speak about the Baruch Shalom, I mean, even in a funny way. You know, I remember, I hope my mother will forgive me for saying this, but I, I only mean it in a good way, because I, I love her very much. But, you know, there, I remember instances like, uh, my mother got very annoyed with me when I was coming home with a lot of halach, you know? 
So I was, at that point, I was coming home with a lot of halachas. And I saw my mother's not doing this stuff. So, so um, I, my mother would sometimes would move something that's muktzah, yeah? So I, right away, I start to scream, it's muktzah machmas this, muktzah machmas that. And my mother says, what? She says, don't tell me. Don't tell me. <clears throat> Your grandmother, Hashem should revenge her, her, her death. You know, it was this whole scene. Your grandmother, she was a much bigger tzaddikist than you, big knacker, you, you think you're so firm? Your grandmother, my, my mother, my father, and, and, you know, it can't be that they were moving around Muxa stuff. It can't be. You know, but, but my mother's impression was that you could move something occasionally if you had to, for whatever reason. And my mother, my mother got very uh, upset with me, and I would say, look, and then I would, I would, this is when my father wasn't there. My father was there, I was careful, right? But I would take out, I would show to my mother, Look what it says in Shulchan Aruch. And my mother invariably should do this. She would go, Do you see this? <laughs> she, she would look up to the, you know, she said, Do you? And she would hold her heart. She said, Do you see this? She would say, She said, She said, Close her eyes and says, God is my witness. God is my witness that this is, the, that my mother, you know, she would say these were shyness. <clears throat> now, it, it, it's in a certain way comical, but in a much more significant way, the impression that left upon me was my mother, to this day, even though she argues with him, she has all kinds of fights because of things that she went through in life, but there's a very personal relationship. Very personal. Right? And, and times that my mother would do something which she knew, where she knew it wasn't right, she would say, no, all right, come. <laughs> and, and, I mean, things like that you couldn't believe. But, but, but in a certain way, in a certain way, even like, you know, like when it was with Lush and her. <laughs> you say the lesson now and then you no, say, no, no, forgive me. Right? But there's a certain personal relationship. That the, and the Rebbe part of your family. He's part of an upbringing. And there's that closeness, that feeling that my, that, that, that my mommy and daddy are shluchim. But they're good shluchim. And the Mishalech is one who loves me, like my mommy and daddy. And he wants only the best for me. Not that he's out to get me. Not that he's out to hurt me. This can't be overemphasized. I'm only saying the kids are, but really it's something which we have to repeat over and over and over in our lives. And to the extent that we're able to, see, <clears throat> this, not to make a distinction, I'm certainly, there's no in here of some silly prejudice, but if you, when you go to, in the Chassidish Eilam, whatever, they have, they have diff- different problems in their Eilam, but by the Chassidish, you still hear a lot, the way that they talk to the children, a lot more of that old style. <clears throat> a lot more of that old style, bringing much more of the Bansholam. That doesn't, that's not an excuse to, to do anything that's incongruous with what the Gesheva wants. But the Lushen came more into that, came more into that world. It's, it found its place more in that world. Let's go right there. So he says, about the second paragraph, that when a person to live with this understanding, with this recognition, that we passed the test, and the children feel, mommy and daddy, look at themselves as being winners. Not that they're losers that they have me. What a loser. I'm your kid. No, they, they won. They won the great sweepstakes, the great contest. They got me. Right? And when you live with this hakorah, then you're able to feel more simcha with everything that, that you're involved with these kids. So the time that they grow up with everything. And they're married also, being involved with them. Kikasha of or aim when a father or a mother, a malamid, a rabbi, the when you think about this, when you think about it. And you know something? You shouldn't just think about it. In the Sra Makadoshima Torah that is very very powerful, it is to use use your imagination. Use your imagination. And I'm not saying to think of Hashem with a long white beard sitting in a chair. You know, you have to be careful with these things. But you can mamish use your imagination. That, that there's a neshama that's in Shemayim. And that there's, and that there, you could even, I know this will sound silly. But we have to do anything we can to strengthen our recognition of this. And you could see in your mind's eye. All the millions of people and neshamas and books and computer and all, anything you want. And the Bani Shalom, you see a hand going through everything and comes to you in your life and strengthen that in, in your mind, that feeling and if it's a difficult day to strengthen that feeling that you shouldn't think what a bedevit, I'm stuck in such a an amaisa with this kid no, it's a lechatchila 
have to think about this. That the Bereshlam himself trusts you. He believes in you. And he's given you these holy, these, these holy objects, these holy children. Pure and holy. All of creation exists only because of these children, as we know from thousands of places in Chazal, that the world wouldn't exist if not for the children. And the entire future of the Jewish people depends upon them. And the Bereshim trusts me, and only me. That I can perform, I can carry out this shlichus, b'shleimus, perfectly. Hashem is brach ma'amin bi. The Bereshim believes in me, he trusts me. U'b'av sharusi v'yecholti, my ability. Can there be a greater simcha? There's no greater simcha. That I myself am a shliach of Hashem, call of Father, call aim him, shlichim shalashem, call cheder bebeisim, every room in your house where you live, every room, hukita betalmud Torah, is a little class in cheder, it's like a class in yeshiva. Avur and neshamas halalu, for these neshamas. The playroom, the bedroom, the den, the basement, every room, he says, is a little, is a little classroom. And you were appointed to, to be responsible in that classroom. And those rooms in your house have been waiting, you have been waiting for thousands of years, this place, this time, this person. El Kol Dibra, those children are waiting for every word. The kol chiyuch was michiyuch, every smile, the kol tznu and every gesture, every little, every little pinch, every little, every little uh, <coughs> caressing of the cheek. Shall of a father be shall ha'ein, shall in the shemus Yisrael kodem la'olam, because we know that in the shemus of the Jewish people were here before existence, before the creation of the world. Vayd lefnei b'riyas olam heichen hashemus barachas on the shemus alolu. The Bereshim created and prepared these neshamas before this world. V'sidor avur tayvasam, and he prepared everything that they need in order to become great, in order to become who they can become. Sheimalu eshlichusam yikabul was kol nitzrach letayvasam biyom zeh davke etzli, and this day was foreseen. Davke by me. Va'aleinu lach shayvim eichenu. Therefore, we have to think. That this can be compared to what used to be in the earlier generations. It used to be that the wealthier families in particular would be able to hire a private rabbi. Or if they were poor, families would get together and they would hire a certain rabbi. Next page, you'd base. He says, think for a moment. How would I feel in Sadiq Gordon Vakadish? Now there is Hakaidnam. Think of a great Sadiq that you admire through all the things that you've learned in life, someone that you look up to, the Vilnadon, the Echaimakalish, Sam Sayyid, the Balshanta, whatever. Think of someone who, who you always admire a lot and you like the stories about that Sadiq. And imagine Shiesla Alfe Hasidim. That he has this person had thousands of followers. Tamidi Khachom Vaibdashan. Followers were great, great scholars, great people. That Sadiq, that Rabbi, searched amongst all of his Hasidim, all of his followers, thousands of people. Who are constantly coming to see him, to be with him. And he was searching to find. Who can I take as a role model for my only child? He has one son, one daughter. I have to choose one role model from the whole Olam for my child. Who will be worthy of this, of this holy and honorable position? Until he finally came to that choice. To be the Rebbe, to be the teacher of that only child. If you or I would be zaychet to such a thing, it would be very 
proud. He'd be very happy. That this tzaddik knows a thousand malamdim. Umashpiyim and people who are good mashpiyim. Fantastic. He decided to choose me amongst this, this enormous kehila. Leah is hamachanach to be the teacher of hamashpia, the hadugma, the role model of war, b'noyichido for his only child. So he says, kach mamish. So too mamish. Ritzayin avinu shebeshamayim. It is the rotsin the will of our father, of Hashem. Shenashrish v'noyir b'navshenu that we should, we should illuminate our souls with this recognition. Shashem is baruch ba'atzmai b'charbi that Hashem Himself has chosen me. Lizkais, Lies, Hamechameich, to be the teacher, a mashpia, v'adugma, the role model of Ur, b'no yechido, for His only child, this neshama. Even if I have, can I have potential for this neshama? Because every child of Hashem is, is His ben yachid. Every child is His ben yachid. V'his zu, this thought, this thought, Nevi'a simcha gedorah can bring you to great simcha and at the same time a great sense of responsibility which we spoke about, it's not a contradiction a sense of achrayist is, is not something that should cause you to get depressed or sad we spoke about that a few weeks ago a sense of simcha and a sense of achrayist and a schus what a gift. It's good to have a sense of achrayis. To have a, a wonderful sense of achrayis. We associate achrayis very often with something negative. Because we don't want to have an achrayis. We, we don't want it. We don't want to have an achrayis. It's, it's difficult to have an achrayis. We'd rather not have responsibilities. But really, a Christ is a wonderful thing. It's wonderful for us, and it's wonderful for those under our care. That we have an Christ. We have a responsibility, Baruch Hashem. There are many people who'd rather not have an Christ who don't want their Christ. There are a lot of people who like the idea of having children, but they don't want their Christ of raising them. It's a lot of fun to have children in certain ways. And in certain circles, there's competition. It's competition. I have this many kids, you have that many kids. But the achrayis, you know, whenever you put a child in front of a television, you turn on the television, you understand that you're relinquishing your achrayis. I'm not talking what's on television. Whoever has a little seichel knows what's on television nowadays. When you put the child in front of a television, what you're saying is, I don't want this achrayis. I don't want achrayis. Let instead... Sesame Street have Achrayis. Let uh, this one have on the television. He'll take an Achrayis for the Chinuch of my child. Could you imagine such a thing? It's scary, no? Because most of the people on television, you and I wouldn't want to be left alone in the room with any of those people. And that you'll give the kid another. You have Achrayis for this next hour or two with my kid. And by the way, I'm talking about a monitor also with a, with a tape. It's, just, it's also the same thing. It's bad. But by the form of this became something that's allowed. I don't know how that snuck into the uh, entire world. But that's an achrayis. You're leaving the child up and somebody else's achrayis. You made a decision. Whoever's on that show, that's an achrayis. So your way of thinking is, it's only for an hour. Come on, this crazy fanatic. But if you live with the hargosh that the tzaddik is talking about, you realize that there's no break. And that's tiring. It's not easy. It's a very big achrayis. But you have to be very careful. There are different ways of trying to give yourself a break from that chrayis. You have to think of the most productive way to give, you ch- to give yourself room to breathe. Because even the way that you give yourself a break is with an achrayis. You understand? And you and I, if we're zeichel to be parents, no. We know that from the, time, from, the, from the moment you have that child, never in your life are you ever free from that achrayis. Because you know that right now we're all thinking it might not be in that part of our brains that's right up front because it comes from what we're learning. But you know that it's sitting there. What's doing with this one? What's doing with that one? What's, what's, uh, she wasn't so happy last week in camp. This one this one uh, was upset. 
that's going to be in school next year. I'm worried because uh, it's always there. It's that latent concern that's, that a parent never, can, a, a, a real parent can never ever undo. So there's always nachrayis. But the, the question is, what do you do in order to relieve yourself of some of the enormity of the achrayis? Even when you are trying somehow to do that, it has to be also with an achrayis of how the child spends his time, of where she is, of where he is, of what she's doing, of what he's reading. It's sort of an achrayis, because that's your achrayis. Let's finish the paragraph. You're filled with determination to do what? You're filled with the determination to, to give over to this child the Ratzon of Hashem, the third partner. It encourages you to, it strengthens you to give over in a good way. Vahamaduik in an accurate way, Vahamushlam in a whole way, Vahareiv in a pleasant, Vahamosik in a sweet way, Biyaisa, the will of Hashem, what I was talking about before, in a pleasant and sweet way. Kamayshama Chazal, Halay made Yadad Lamahu Daime. If someone has this chus to teach a child to what can that person be compared, so you know what it says in Perak, like someone who is writing on a fresh, beautiful piece of paper, a blank piece of paper. Any tiny little thing that you give over to these neshamas, it makes a tremendous impression upon them. That's the achrayis. That's the achrayis. That whatever we say and whatever we do makes a tremendous ration on the children. That could affect the child the rest of his life. It could be a gesture. I was talking about this recently somewhere. No, the children see what they could see when a, a mother is very excited about something. They could see what excites you. So a child, a child sees that when it comes, let's say, and I spoke about this a few weeks also, a few weeks ago. A child sees that that when that when a delivery comes with a new couch, which everybody should have comfortable couches. When a delivery comes with a new couch, they see that the way that the mother was waiting and calling a few days because it was supposed to come and it was such a cheshik and such a, a chuk and a longing and then, and then when the truck finally arrives you know the mother has a hysteroxis and you know she's not going to say but the child sees something in the, in the mother that he doesn't see on Shabbos he doesn't see that on Shabbos he doesn't see that when it comes to a yantif when it comes to going to a sukkah he doesn't see that right when a mother's, if a mother is going shopping and there's a certain kind of a determination no sometimes there's a real determination so a child sees wow my mother's really a determined person you know and, and you get pulled from one place to the next and as a kid a little kid you get you know, pulled and my mother's really determined the child knows that that determination is reserved for shopping and they could tell the difference between my mother's determination when it comes to shopping, when it comes to doing the mitzvah. They could tell. And it makes a big rush. It makes a big rush. When people speak glowingly and approvingly about secular, about secular people such as celebrities or politicians, I think we should speak negatively about anybody. But when they speak very approvingly, but they come to the same table and the name of a Rav comes up and they say, that Rav, uh, you know, yeah, him again, he's dashing for half hour, who could listen? No. It can be in a very subtle way. But the children see that when it comes to a certain, they hear the father talking about a certain athlete, half live a fellow. Myridic, myridic. And when it comes to the Rav, I can't take it anymore. I can't take him. So the children have it, that makes a rush. So how do you have shoes with his late son and the grown men talk about the, the Rav a certain way or they talk about that late son is where does it come from it's from Yesh Me'ayin they grew up in homes where there was late son is made of Rabban Fati and it could be and you'll say I never did I never made late son is of a Rav no it goes no the generation passes it becomes bigger you didn't you didn't make open late son is but there were these subtle little cracks and comments that the kids pick up on and that's like a little seed a little poison 
and it grows and it thrives and it comes out and the one who sits you know, back in this chair and the rubber's talking like, you know, like this. It's, 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 that, that, it's that subtle ration that's made but it grows and it poisons a child. <clears throat> and we'd have to catch it and realize it. We speak negatively about people and in an easy way it comes out negative words. The ration that it makes. So there's a tremendous achrayis that we have. Because it's a fresh piece of paper. It's a blank piece of paper. Yes, it's a ration of Otsum Everything that the child sees. Ba'aviv in his father. Ba'ima in his mother. Kol mashuru ra'yev v'shamea ha'kol oyser ra'yishim b'nafsha. Sees the father falls asleep when he has a gemara in front of him. Sees the father wide awake if he's watching a video. So? Sees the father at a ball game screaming and cheering and yelling. But when it comes to davening, he can barely open his mouth. Can we imagine what this means? We don't even, we don't even think of it. The boys can go to a ball game. Everybody... Listen, I enjoy playing ball. But I remember years and years ago when we were in the, when we were in the bungalow, I stopped, I, I used to be a pretty good ball player. I stopped going to the, there was like an A-team, a B-team that I had like that. So originally I was on the A-team. I stopped going. I'll tell you for the simple reason. Because, uh, because then I would children very, very little. But I saw there were boys there that were seven, eight, nine years old. And sometimes the little maid come too. And the fathers were screaming like nuts. Like absolute babies fighting over foul balls. I mean, do what you scream as if there's something in the Chavetz Chaim which says that all responsibility for Lashon Har Midas Rose Halbanis Pnei are all suspended when it comes to sports. But carrying on like nuts, like immature babies, and they see the father gets like into the people who are fuming at the mouth. They don't see the father with that kind of instructions when it comes to Avodas Hashem. Let me see the father, when it comes to a ball game, when it comes to a ball game, the ball game is called for 10 o'clock, Zriza Makdimah, be there 10 to 10 to check out the field, throw the ball around a little bit. And the same father, as he comes to show him yesterday, the kid watches his father, how he's, the kid watches his father in the house, how he's moving on Shabbos morning. You don't think they notice it? The kid doesn't say anything. You don't think he sees how his father moves to show He has time for this, he has time for that. The kids soak in everything. And then you wonder, how come my kid doesn't like davening? And you scream at him, daven, daven. What is your daven? Daven has a chshivas? Davening has a chshivas? The father screams at the kid, he has to dress like a bentar, dress like a bentar. What that? Why? For the rest, his father walks around the whole time like a shlump, why is she dressed like a bentar? These are things that make a ration on the children. And it's a tremendous achrayz, it's not easy. Because you're being watched every moment. You're being listened, you're being heard every moment. And the Benishlam is a hashkocha that he put the child there for you to become better also. Because there's one of the best ways for you to become better is through your kids. One of the best, because you love your kids more than you love yourself, kid. We all love our children much more than we love ourselves. And we all have, we all have greater hope in our children than we ever have in ourselves. So because we want, I remember in, in that same Bengal colony, there was a certain father that was mamish like a, he was, I, don't, I didn't get him. He never, he never went to, sh- he never went to Daven. He didn't come to Shul. He spoke when he was, you know, in such a, in such a terrible way. And he came over to me and he asked me if, 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 he, if I would please learn with this kid an, an extra hour a day. You know, and and I looked at him. You know, the guy would never pick up a safer. He was, he was, you know, he came from a, came from a nice home. But he, he was himself a Vilda, you know, like an unrefined person. And he asked me, can I learn with this kid next hour a day? So, you know, I looked at him, you know, and he said to me like this, he said, I'm a nice surf, but I want my kid to be a tzaddik. So he said to me, I'm worthless, but my kid, my David, you know, I've thought about that many times. I admired him for that. So it's also a madrig. It's a Rahmanis in it too, because he gave up on himself being a tzaddik. But he wants his children, he wants his children to be good to kinder. And if we think about that deeply, it'll help us be better people too. And it has helped us become better people, I'm sure. The necessity of raising them. It's helping us. But it's a hashgocha protis. 
it uplifts, it raises the entire way that we look to teaching the ganze blick and the ganze zugang that hecher becomes the whole way of looking becomes elevated becomes greater because we are oisik in meleches Hashem every minute not just when I'm sitting down with my kid doing homework not just when I'm not just when I'm having my heart to heart talk with my daughter about you know, you're growing up and we have to talk. But every second in the house, the way that I walk, the way that I talk, I'm Isaac and Meleches Hashem Mamish. What a schus, what a simcha, what an overwhelming achrayis. Let's not be overwhelmed. Let's know that the Mishalech is giving us the strength to do it and to strengthen ourselves with that amuna. And we should be able to live up to that task and <clears throat> to be zarech, to have good children and to be good children ourselves. We're still children. To be good children. And to be together to be Mikhail playing with Sheikh Tzikainu. 